House of the Dragon Season 1, Episode 5, We Light the Way. Another home run episode, I would say. It was good. I came into this one really not knowing what to expect at all. Uh, a lot of times you and I do not watch next on Game of Thrones, so it remains a, a true mystery to me. And it didn't occur to me that a wedding in Game of Thrones that I should just automatically expect yeah. <laughs> chaos and mayhem. But I think uh, I will remember that here and out. Yeah, they're three for three with a, a death or a beating at a wedding. So as a book reader, I couldn't have told you what was going to happen this episode uh, pretty much at all. So they're sticking, they're, they're following the book, but there's so many ways that it could go. So even, like I knew that Damon's wife would die in a quote-unquote hunting accident, but they could have told that story or filmed that 10 million ways and been consistent with the book. It could have been a pure accident where Damon wasn't there. It could have been Damon forced it, or it could have been kind of in between like this one. In the book, is she known as a good huntress? Uh, I can't remember, but she does supposedly die hunting. Mm. So, it, but yeah. And then this wedding scene, I couldn't have to- told you what was happened. But there does seem to be, if I'm remembering right, the guy who died, his name was Joffrey. So apparently Joffrey's dying at weddings. It's like the red shirt in Star Trek. Right. You just expect to die. We'll get to the wedding. And even though that was a great scene, the best scene for me, or at least the most significant scene, was the scene between Otto and Alicent. Where he leaves. Oh, yeah. Because he gave her some real talk there. And as a viewer... Um, I 100% agreed with him. Right, right. That converted me yeah. to his his POV. and It was well done, well said. And then it, it, you're just like, oh, crap. He's right. Right. I uh, never thought about how you would have to destroy the potential threats. Yeah. So then, right, it boils down to... I'd be very get it, bad at Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it boils down to, are you, are you going to hope that Rhaenyra is merciful? And that's true. That's that's what she's got to hope at the position that she's putting herself in by supporting her, or up until this point, supporting her and if she takes the throne. And I think Otto's right. It's not fair. Especially, it's really interesting because us as modern day viewers, we really like this whole like um, progressive element where Viserys is like, yeah, my daughter's going to follow. And then her firstborn child, regardless of sex, is going to follow. We in 2022 really like that, but Otto's saying, that, you know, doesn't it's matter what you way. like. Yeah, yeah, that's not the way. And then it's it's like it's hard for us to admit that he's right. Well, he's doing what at some point I think England did, where they started allowing women to rule. We have Queen Elizabeth, so we know that England has done this for a while, and I'm not the one that just died, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> yeah, the one who beat the Spanish Armada. I mean, it's what Rainey said. They will not accept this. There will be war, which I already was expecting. I just didn't connect that she'll kill your kids. And now these aren't just hypothetical kids. They're her actual children that she's birthed and knows and loves. Right. Assuming she loves them. (laughs) So she's got to take a stand, and she takes a different stand this episode from last, and she takes it. She stands up tall. Well, she's feeling bad, um, and Otto chastises her for it. She's feeling bad about him being let go but it's not her fault i don't i didn't think that was fair of otto to be like you did this it wasn't until she realized that rainera lied and she felt played so when she shows up in the high tower green dress and walks by and we see all the other high towers in the green it's one of the few times where they also add a dialogue to explain to us what's happening so they're really making it clear 
that this is a big, bold statement. Well, um, and if not only that, the episode title. Right, yeah. You just we, told me what it was, and my very first question is, what's the motto for Hightower? Yeah, the name of the episode is We Light the Way, and that's the, the Hightower motto. Cole makes a rookie mistake by admitting. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, before we get there. So again, this what happened between Cole and Rhaenyra could have been told a million ways and still been consistent with the book. But she's been saying for the last four episodes... Oh, pity me. I am the queen. I have to be the queen and my life is so hard. And if only I could find true love. And then what do you Does know? Does she say if only I could find true love? Well, no, but she never said that. She, no, she doesn't say that, but she she doesn't, she doesn't want to get married. She said that a bunch of times. Yeah, she wants to find her own man. And she wants to right, but only when they push the marriage issue, she wants the right of choice. Yeah, she what wants, she has said is she wants freedom and she wants to be like a knight or a warrior or something. We find out she's full of shit this episode because it's offered to her and it's... um. Yeah, but is she in love with him? I, I disagree with you on this. You say she's been like this all along. You make her sound like a princess who just wants a prince to marry and that's not been her prerogative at all. No, she's he's offering escape. He's offering... Like, I'm not saying it's... I'm not saying she should give it up, but she's... Well, well wait a minute. I'm, I'm the queen here. But like, I think he's totally misread her in that she would give everything up for love. Well, it's only what she's been saying. Not for not just for love, but for escape, for to be alone or whatever, to not yeah, to not have to My only thing is is she's young and she's adjusting to the the mantle of her her position and and everything. Like yeah, I'm of not... course she's going to moan and and complain to those closest to her, but she's not like per, like doing it from the rooftops. Yeah, I'm not I... blaming her for being full of shit. She probably didn't even know she was because now she actually has a choice. Again, it's not a good choice, like, exactly. Like, it's a it's a mate that she can get along with, and she could be free in a sense, but what are they going to do? Go to Essos, and he's going to be a soldier, and that's how they're going to make money, or whatever. Like, I'm not saying it's a good choice. I'm just well, saying What's that, their power dynamic going to be? She's always been in the position of power in their relationship. Is he all of a sudden going to be the guy who tells her what to do, and she has to listen? Like, I, I think that's my point, is he hasn't thought through this at all. And then when he admits he's trying to reclaim his honor, I don't know if he loves her either. I think he's more about trying to reclaim his honor of the mistake he made. I think he likes her. And I think she likes him. And I think that was kind of her response is, yeah, I like you too. You're not my whore. But it doesn't mean we just, you know, elope and run off together and make this really big thing. I think he's trying to make amends for thinking about how he's... What did he say? Sullied his white cloak or something? Yeah, I fully agree. He's obviously having a, a um, crisis of consciousness. Yeah. But still, my point is, I think no matter what was offered in front of her right then, she still would have been like, well, wait a minute. She, she doesn't want to give up that throne. You know, that's my point. Is that d- despite all her boohooing, she's the heir and she wants it to be that way. Yeah, and then the wedding. Just great direction. Building tension. I don't know how long it was, 30 minutes of this wedding where it's just reminds you of the red wedding where it's slowly getting a little more tense. The music is getting a little louder. There was a lot of music stuff in this episode that kind of sets the stage. The set piece and the costumes and everything. Oh, just what a, what a... This show deserves some Emmys for yeah, sure. What a great showing. You could tell it was leading up to something and I honestly thought it was going to be, it was like a false alarm. I thought they were going to build all this tension and then nothing was really going to happen. Like maybe an awkward uh, conversation or something. But I was like thinking in my head, I'm like, how, where can the violence come from here? Like I don't really see. 
I like that though you for know. you as someone who's read this history book about what the show is based on that you don't know what's coming. Yeah, for sure. I That's... mean, you know the broad strokes, but yeah, I, I could not have predicted there would be violence at this wedding. It's not never mentioned in a book that there's violence at this wedding. It's it's not. They're they're just combining a few different storylines and compressing it. And then when the violence starts, the, the way they filmed it was really great. We you still can't tell. You see that there's something happening, but you're like, what is happening? And you have kind of like the POV of a series and Corliss who are who are trying to figure out what's happening. So that was just really great directing. And uh, it turns out it was Cole beating the shit out of Lena's uh, Lenor's boyfriend. You were, you were saying here, um, you, you didn't know if they were just building it up to all be nothing. And I think I've come to a conclusion here that they might do that with some things. But so far, I, I had started to think that with all the nods towards Damon and towards Kristen from Renera of like, oh, I'm seeing there's a connection with her and these two guys, but maybe it's not real. And then we had last week's episode and it was. And so now... I actually, I think they are giving us, they're being a little bit more forthcoming with some of these things. For example, while Kristen Cole was fighting uh, Joffrey, Rhaenyra gets pushed around. Where's the rest of the Kingsguard? I found that quite interesting, but it sets up for Lord Strong to finally look at his son, give him a nod, and do you know who goes and finds her faster than uh, a pig looking for a truffle is uh, Sir Harold? And he throws, right? Is that his name? No. Uh, oh, you're talking about Strong? What's his eldest son? Um, break, but Harwin. Harwin. Sir yeah. Harwin. And uh, he gives Harwin the nod, and Harwin goes and finds her right away and puts her over his shoulder and gets her out <laughs> of there. Like, put me down. Nope. <laughs> but everything about that screams to me there's importance with Sir Harwin here. And, and we see a, a huge emergence of the Strong family here. Many characters now have much more of a role in the show, and I'm guessing a, a role in this story, because a lot of them had more. But we, I keep seeing Sir Harwin here, but the fact that he was the one out of all the Kingsguard to find Rhaenyra and rescue her. Right. Yeah, he, and he's not a Kingsguard. He's a well, uh, that, gold cloak. Yeah, he's that's my cop. point, though. Yeah. And, and he does it at his father's, like, we, they make sure to show us that the, yeah. the dad's like, yep, go get her now, because everyone else is failing. Because it's going to make him look really good that when shit hit the fan out of everybody with their literal job, the one who it isn't even his job, he did it. But then the fact that he's not, like, putting her, her behind him, um, or, like, run princess or something. Yeah, this is a big dog move. <laughs> oh, it, it is what, it, like, romance novels are mm. written about, where you yeah, get flung over the shoulder and carried off into the woods, and they made wild, passionate love. <laughs> so I just thought it was funny, but he keeps showing up. Yeah. And they keep saying his name, Sir Harwin, Sir Harwin, even though I can't remember it. <laughs> well, it took us five, four episodes to get Corliss down. So. <laughs> and and Rainey's and Rhaenyra. Yeah. But so I just, I was like, where, where are the, uh, um, the Kingsguard? Where are they here? I didn't see them around Viserys. I just talk about shitting the bed. <laughs> yeah. And then the other big thing we see here is Viserys has really fallen apart. And literally and figuratively, yeah, it's it's hard to watch. He's sick. He his arm is fucked up. He can't, doesn't can't get touched. I had a thought, and this is not a book spoiler what do you or mean anything. He can't get touched. Um, his cousin touches his his arm. It's because she realized he doesn't have any fingers anymore. Right, she's coming to hold his hand, and there's no hand because he's missing half his hand. But then later, when he, the maester says to leech him or whatever, it shows his arm, and it looks all white. I think they and put weird. a poultice on him. 
I don't know what a poultice is. Or a, a spread or a... <laughs> I, I was wondering if it was, right, so it's some, not just like skin. But um, I did have a thought here that never occurred to me before, and I don't... It's, it's not book spoiler or anything like that, so it, I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, but I wonder if he's being poisoned mm. because he's fallen apart faster, and this is the second time we've seen the maesters disagree about his treatment. Yes, a lower um, maester. So I caught that too. I didn't know what to make of it, if it was just... Um, pride in the grand maester of i know and if it's also a way for him to show i'm old school so like a lot of these characters um of the older generation really subscribe auto viserys um to these old school traditions but then we see this new generation of um rhaenyra and then Lenor who are like well we're gonna break the rules here a little bit and do things different I, I just wonder if this maester is just so prideful and just stuck in his old ways that he's not open to being stood up or like not have seen something that a younger, but I agree with you. This is the second time we're seeing a maester suggest something. Although the first time they did go with his suggestion. Yeah. And if they're being, they went with the younger guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. But, but here the, he suggests it and he's like, no, 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 we should leech, which we all know as an audience leeching didn't do anything. But if he is being poisoned, Leeches obviously don't poison, so it might not be the Grand Maester. But then they give him something for sleep. So I don't know. But then another thing that made me wonder it is this is the second time we see that rat. Um, the first time is over Alicent's bed, and then the second time is at the end of this episode, the rat like kind of hanging out by the blood. and uh, you know. I think he drank the blood. <laughs> so yeah, there's a rat. <laughs> um, so there's a, there's well, a... and, and think about it. Remember we talked about that there were, the Maester was buddy-buddy with Otto. And so if Viserys dies, it catapults the kingdom into this, um, this state. Uh, and Otto says he's not going to live to be an old man. Yeah. Um, but then on the flip side, th- this would be way too early for the king to go out. Because Rhaenyra could easily have Aegon assassinated at this point if, if Otto's truly concerned about that. Like R- right. Aegon needs to come to age before the king passes if they're lucky. What is age? Come to age? Well, Rhaenyra would have got Dragonstone at 16. Okay. But I would say at least an age where he could uh, potentially ride a dragon or he could people could start listening to him. Because um, if a series kicks the bucket now, that I think that would be really bad for Aegon. Mm-hmm. Especially if Damon... We, you never know where Damon is, but if Damon is on Rhaenyra's side. Um, oh, yeah, and then Rhaenyra challenges Damon again like oh you're you're such a tough talker why don't you do this now of course this it would have been impossible like she's like why don't you cut through the king's guard you know it's mm-hmm. a ridiculous thing but she challenged him again on like um well she knows what he's about now so so yeah he's a loose cannon but he's also I don't know what the term is well and she said he's a bullshitter I guess yeah she's like I, I didn't think what matters to me or what concerns me mattered to you or something like that she's basically saying you're not here for me you're here for you yeah. whatever you're doing and then poor Viserys is oh. just so, so many things here, but just what a pushover to when Damon shows up. Like, what can he do in front of everybody? He has to. So Damon was strategic in showing up at the wedding where Viserys can't do anything else mm-hmm. except for have a chair pulled up for him. Because he knows but, he'll be like this. This is yeah. where I was commenting, I think, on our deep dive last week, or at least in one of the podcasts last week, is, is part of what's hard for Viserys is he cares too much what everyone else thinks. And he's always trying to be you know, part of propriety and, and, and follow it. But he could just be like, get the fuck out. Right. But he doesn't. Yeah. Again, I just have to say that series just reminds me of a real person, which is yeah. nice to watch in the show, but it's, 
And kudos to Patty again. Every time the camera yeah. cuts to him, that one time when uh, Damon is walking up to Rhaenyra, because we've already seen Pat or uh, Viserys many times in in this scene, but he's like really like uh, yeah. sawing away at his <laughs> his meal, and he's so agitated. All right, so I know you got to go to work. So let's just quickly. Um, I think you went first last week, so I'll say my winner first, and my winner uh, it has to be the Strongs advancing themselves in the Game of Thrones because, like you said. Not only is Lionel the hand of the king now, but also we're seeing more and more of Harwin, and we really see the clubfoot here insert himself into the story and kind of manipulate Alicent into figuring all this out. So, it's like I'll go with the strong family as well if I'm allowed to choose the whole strong family here. <laughs> those those three men because they all did stuff here. So, but the one that I would definitely pick is uh, the clubfoot one. And he, he does admit he listens and observes. So I remember when he joined the, the women and asked to sit, like, that's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but now he's meddling. Now, my loser has to be Viserys, I guess. He's just falling apart so much. Ab- absent falling apart, he's just dealing with the regular stress of the kingdom. But, um, yeah, the writing is on the wall with him. And th- there's too many forces pulling him apart. So I, I guess I have to go with Viserys. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll go with uh, as a maybe a little bit of group. The Targaryens—they're not doing a good job here. Like, yes, they are doing the wedding, but they're kind of groveling to a certain point, or uh, at least Viserys is, and um, Damon just what he's doing, what he did with his wife, um, and then how he just seems to be losing control of everything here. Where is he in a position of power out of anything? Um, and then Rhaenyra, she's just not, she's not putting two and two together better and everything that happened with Kristen Cole here. Like, she's learning a lot of lessons the hard way. I think they all are. So I'm just going to say the Targaryens there are, are the losers for this, this episode. All right, we'll do our deep dive in a few days. And then if you're enjoying this podcast, uh, consider giving us a five-star review because my Goal is that by the end of season seven, eight, or ten, or thirty, or whatever we have of House of Dragon, is to have a real sponsor, and ratings help people find the show. All right, thank you.